seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 7-9 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of things around gaming that a lot of people don't want to address. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and as usual, still have the same co-host. Hadn't even missed one. I hadn't even had to bring in a substitute host for an episode yet. My main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Going well. Actually, I got vaccine number two, and I guess I'm going to fall to that percentage of the population that doesn't have a bad reaction to the second one. That is actually fantastic. <laughs> you really but, didn't feel anything. Yeah, my mother-in-law got hers, uh, and she said the only thing she got was a little bit of redness around her shoulder, and that was about it. Yeah, that's pretty so. much the only thing I had was I had a little sore in the arm, which is the extent of the vaccine, nothing else. Well, man, consider yourself lucky. I saw some people who were laid out from it. Yeah, because my wife had a different experience that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yes. Oh, also, if you want to support the show, don't forget you can hop over to patreon.com slash color of magic and help us keep the lights on. Help us make some new content. Help us buy new equipment. You know, all the things we got to do to keep this thing, this train moving. But we do have two new patrons we want to say thank you to, to Lisa Lynn and Dan Murray. So thank you all for coming on board, supporting the content. We do truly, honestly appreciate it. We also have to show some appreciation to Cardsphere.com, our sponsor of the show. They are a great place to pick up cards, to sell cards, to just find stuff you're looking for at the right price all the time. And what's even more fun is I discovered a feature on their site, which is very cool, that if the price moves too much, it actually gives you a warning. So you don't actually pay more than you wanted to pay. So one of the features they have is that you can set it to say, maybe you want to pay 70% of market price. Maybe you don't want to pay the full 100%. But if it's within a certain margin and somebody's selling it at that price, you pick it up. Well, if the price goes too high, well, you're if you're paying 70%, that number would go up as well. So it actually gives you a warning and it just says, hey, you may want to correct this before we let somebody sell you something. And I'm like, man, that's a cool feature. I didn't even know that was a thing all this time. Right? I guess it just hadn't come up, but it was neat to know that that's a thing. So, Can they another... share that with lots of other covers websites? <laughs> yeah, just a lot of little cool stuff like that that protects you. So, yeah, check that out. If you didn't know it was a thing, there you go. But give them some love over at CardsFair.com. They support a lot of good magic content creators. Matter of fact, they even showed up in my chat the other night to come hang out. And another fun bit of news, I'm hoping tomorrow should be the day, or actually by the time this goes live, it'll probably be today, so uh, we'll call it Thursday, <laughs> that our playmats and tokens should be live for order. We will share it around on Twitter. We'll probably put it up on our Facebook page. Uh, we will have the stuff up on a Facebook shop or Facebook store, whatever they call it, mostly because it's going to just be a lot easier than having to set up like the shopping cart and everything, whatever else on our separate website. And it'd be just really easy to handle. And then we can just do the personal shipping and get stuff out. So I uh, expect to see that going up before the end of the week for sure. So kind of excited to have that. I've got the boxes all opened and set aside doing the product count. So should be all good. So looking forward to have those out into the world. But this week, 
Man, we have some things to talk about. This is basically what the internet and Twitter sounded like all last week, and especially over the weekend. But one of the things they really got dumb about last week. Well, actually, let me let me set the scene here. Loading Ready Run, for those of you who don't know, is a we will call them a troop of nerd comedians that do a bunch of fun stuff on Facebook. I mean, on, on YouTube. And they do some a bunch of magic stuff, and they usually do this thing called the pre-pre-release, which is usually the week before the pre-release, hence the name. In pre-pandemic times, the before times, they used to actually bring in one or two Wizards personalities, and they get one or two other content creators, plus their own people, and they would do like a little mini pre-release tournament or whatever using lots of new cards. And they would stream it for everybody, and it was awesome. Obviously, with the pandemic, we can't do quite the same thing. So this time, they set up a pre-recorded deal, which, by the way, the production on their show was brilliant, especially when we got to the commander portion and having to go around to the different battlefields and seeing the little uh, camera bubbles pop up with each individual person as they were speaking and just so many nice little touches. I mean, they whoever their producers were on that, credit to them, you know, even their sound engineers, because everything came through perfect. Like, like it, it was an amazing... You can tell there were tons of hours put into that work. And then it was all derailed because you had... I want to say a vocal minority, but gosh damn, it felt like a lot of knuckleheads complaining. Because the LRR folks decided they were going to pre show a preview card but they were going to do it at the end of their presentation. And people were coming on. Honestly, the only way to say it is they came on bitching and moaning about, well, I don't know why you're making us sit through eight hours of this other crap or why you're doing it this way or I don't know why you didn't just show it in the beginning, blah, blah, blah. And here, here's the dumb part, right? It's not like you can really do much with that information anyway. Whatever card they previewed, you can't do anything with it for over a week still at that point. And let's say they showed it at the beginning. If you showed up at hour four, you would have still been behind the information anyway. And it's not like if all through preview season, cards aren't getting previewed in different parts of the world while you're asleep. And then you wake up and look, there's preview cards. So why does this one make or whatever, two or three, whatever they previewed, make all that much difference? And then people took it as far as to send them messages on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, on all their private channels. And you saw some of their personalities from their troop just saying, like, I, I got to check out for a little while. Like, you know, saying, like, man, it sucks that we literally put in hours and hours and hours on this production to just have it derailed by some people bitching about a preview card. Like, what the hell are we doing as a community? Like, the fact is... If you know any of those people, you should be stepping up to put every single one of them in their place for their stupidity. Because you know what they did? They basically did the nerd equivalent of, I can't be at the front of the line. I want to speak to the manager. That's basically what that was. Like, they can call it whatever the hell they want, but that's effectively what that was. And to what end? Like, they were doing a fun thing, put in a ton of sweat equity to making this thing work doing everything they could with COVID, with everybody having to be on different cameras in different parts of their country and all this stuff. 
and people were just wanting to have fun. And you stroll in there bitching and moaning because you can't not even have you can't even see a card until a certain point like that's the dumbest part of the whole thing it's not like you were even waiting to get a tangible thing like you weren't even getting a code for your account you were literally getting nothing other than to look at a thing How stupid is that to be upset about? And it's not even like what they did was wrong. How many times have you watched a football or baseball game or you watch a TV show or whatever and said, at the end of this, we're going to have the world premiere or whatever. Or, hey, the first new episode or whatever is following this show. Or like, that's just a thing that happens. You watch the content that these people literally just work to the bone to get right. Damn right they want somebody to look at it. Like, what, what is their benefit, especially if you're going to act like that, what is their benefit to just show you a card and then have you bounce in 20 minutes? Like, there is nothing for them to gain by doing that. So I'm totally in, in their corner of saying, like, yeah, I think what they did was totally fine. I think it was right. I think the community was just a bunch of numbskulls. Imagine that. People of the magic community acting out. I tell people all the time, fans are the best and the worst thing to happen to nearly every property on this planet. Especially nerd properties. Like, we don't know how to act. And then we everybody wants to take ownership to their level to be exactly for them, the way they want, presented in their view. And that's not what any of this stuff is. We, we just got to be better about it as a whole. Seriously. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you can't complain. I'm not saying don't like or dislike things or whatever. Like, yeah, but there's a way to present it. And there's also a way of just understanding what goes into the thing, right? Like, I, I can see something that's like it and still go, man, I see where somebody put a lot of work. It sucks that it missed the mark. But I'm not going to go, like, if you didn't like it, you can, like, hey, go send a message to Graham over at LRR and say, like, hey, I know that y'all put in, you know, probably 50 to 100 hours getting this thing right. But it would have been cool if I didn't have to sit around to the end and wait to see the promo card. That's it. That's all you had to do. Express your displeasure. Didn't they say beforehand it's going to be at the end? Yes. People knew. So if you showed up at the beginning waiting to see the thing they've told you isn't coming out to the end, that's on you. The thing is, I can't remember a time, and I'm thinking hard here, where anything that had a preview or new item or debut of a thing happened in the first 10 minutes of a presentation. It's always either in the middle where it makes strategic sense as part of the conversation, or it's at the end as a show closer. I don't, I, and honestly, if I was putting together a thing today, I wouldn't put it in the beginning. Hell, when I have my recent preview card, I didn't put it in the first minute of my video. Like, there's zero reason to do it. Honestly, there's no reason. So yeah, anyway, like the community just got dumb. They just got dumb. That's all I can say. And that's not even the only thing. We got more dumb things to talk about as the show goes on. That's for sure. There will definitely be some more, let me tell you. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about something a little lighter, Brian. You know, we like to talk about things, learn things, educate ourselves. What did you learn last week? All right. Well, you know, they say that there are all different kinds of reactions to the COVID-19 vaccines. And 
As a couple, we are living proof. I, as I mentioned earlier, had virtually no reaction to the second vaccine, which is the one, you know, supposedly is supposed to put you, put you down. My wife was the complete opposite. She had, she, she had a, basically a horrible reaction. I always say she's one in a million and this is, that's not what I meant. It was actually so bad. Her doctor has recommended that she does not get the second vaccine. That's wild. Her like, immune response was, I mean, it was really just basically attacking her internal organs. It was, as some of you probably remember a couple of weeks ago, I had to jump off the podcast early because I could tell she was not feeling well at all. And the doctor believes that's what it was, was her immune response went, it went to 11. Wow. That is tough. So, so you're going to end up being fully vaccinated and she's going to yeah. be half vaccinated. And, you know, the only other people in the house most of the time are three kids. I will be the only person that's able to get both vaccines. Oh, yeah, because you got to be at least 16. You got to be 16. And Man, that's a tough situation. Nobody else around here is. So, yeah, I'm the only one that will get fully vaccinated, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's a wild situation. The, good, the thing is, though, if somebody gets sick, you can literally point to other people and go, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> And uh, we are going to explain in a little bit more detail over on the Allen's Ever After YouTube channel because we had already done, you know, we kind of, what's we do? It's a, it's a lifestyle vlog. We'll let you know what's happening. And COVID-19 vaccine is what's happening around here. So we promised we'd update. And we, of course, like most people, we thought our update would be, hey, we got the vaccine. We were sick for a day. We feel cool now. We had no idea it would be, we were thinking this would be an easy video to put together. Very uneventful. That's not what happened. Hey, sometimes life just gives you content. Man, no kidding. And and frill, because you know, I I will be a shameless self promoter here for Brian. But if y'all haven't checked out his family channel, Alan's Ever After, you probably should. There is some good stuff over there. Like if you were ever curious about just the lifestyle of a black family, you know, just understanding, you know, moving into a new house, decorating things. Like, tons of just fun family lifestyle stuff over there. And by the way, Mama's hilarious, you know? <laughs> Yes, he is. Mama has developed a whole other fan following. Yeah, People want Mama to have her own channel. Because Mama, that's your wife's mom, right? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make that. Yeah, because the latest video, she was just, and I think your, your wife was setting her up to just get her to go off. Yeah, because she was going off on like cockroaches or something, and I just couldn't help but giggle at her reaction. So yeah, if y'all want to see some fun stuff, go check it. Also, help them out. They're a little over seven hundred subscribers now, so they're getting close to being monetized on that channel. So uh, go go give them a little boost, give them a subscription. If you want people to just have some fun, wholesome family content, like share it around on your socials. Give something people something positive to watch. As for what I learned last week. Uh, it wasn't something so much that I learned, something that was just reinforced that I forgot was a thing. But uh, people still just look at someone's one piece of content and then just assume that that's their whole brand. Which I'm like, man, I would think we are past that now. But no, no, we're not. I posted up something about the top 10 Strixhaven cards in Commander. And immediately had somebody like, Oh, finally, you put some Commander content on your channel. I'm like, dude, I have full Commander game videos on the channel. <laughs> now, weren't you in the Commander Boxing League? <laughs> well, yeah, I had that on there, too. And I'll admit, like, those don't perform great for me, which means, obviously, this person was not watching them. Right. 
But uh, it's just like, man, anytime somebody posts a thing that doesn't immediately become the new bit for their channel. Like it's possible for somebody to just share a video they're interested in or post, make a, make a Twitter post about something they just found interesting. You know, now granted my shower thoughts are trending now. That's a new thing, but generally it's just sometimes fun to do something a little bit different. Like one video, one article, one song, one TikTok, whatever, doesn't make somebody's content. Like before, and honestly, I would just say, just take a second before you make a comment like that on somebody's stuff or make an assumption about them. Do just a quick browse of their videos or of their Twitter feed. Like there's a search function you can use on both platforms and just do a quick look and say like, how many times does this word come up or this thing come up? Like, like, oh, okay, you do have some other things on here. Or maybe they're just talking about a particular issue that came up. Like, that's fine. But it's research, just, man. If we're trying to do research. <laughs> yeah, but hell, you're talking about research that takes less than two minutes. That's still That's too the lazy long. Part. Attention span to society. Yeah. Sad, 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 but true. Ah, oh, man. All right, so I want to take a quick break here to tell everybody about the Magic the Gathering Content Creator Awards. Uh, this is something I don't think everybody knows about. And they're still fairly new. I believe this year is the third, either the third or the fourth year that they've done it. So it's still pretty new. But what it is, is they took nominations for a couple months for a bunch of different categories. We're talking about like writing, videos, uh, podcasting, streaming, YouTube, stuff like that. And what's cool is they actually do it also by different size category as well. So they have small, medium, large, and a lot of this stuff. So you're not having, as an example... I don't know, my YouTube channel going up against Tolarian Community College, right? Which is the biggest magic channel, right? Because that'd just be kind of silly and there's no comparison. So they try to give recognition in these different size categories to everybody, which is cool. I dig it. You can go check it out too, by the way, at mtgcca.com. So Magic Gathering Content Creator Awards, mtgcca.com. The reason I bring it up is your boys got some nominations. We were crushing it, dog. <laughs> you know. So we got, for podcast, we got one for, I guess, small audience. We're nominated. I got one for medium-sized streamer. I got one for medium-sized YouTube channel. And the show also got one for best new MTG content. And I think I also, I should just, I wasn't on there and it just popped up today. Actually, I think I guess I got enough nominations to creep into the creator of the year category. So thanks for the recognition. I don't even know what the hell we win. If we win, I don't know if we get a trophy or a plaque or I don't know, a medal. I don't Cause I, if man, I'd love to take that shot. Like Michael Jackson in like 88, when he got all them awards, right? Or like, was it the bad album or whatever? He's just holding like, 15 of them little megaphones or whatever. <laughs> I, want, I want that shot. Or the Mariah Carey year where she won like six or seven of them. No. Um, in all seriousness, though, it is pretty cool to just have a thing out there where people are recognizing a lot of the work that goes on in the community. Because it's hard, right? You, nobody, you I tell people all the time, like even when I see the number of subscribers or the viewer, view count or whatever, 
you don't really know how many people are paying attention to what you're doing, right? You don't know how much of a positive impact you're making on people or not. So it's kind of cool when you see things like this and you do get nominated and it's kind of like, man, that's awesome. Especially when you see some of the other shows or the other people or the other channels that you're nominated beside, you know, cause you look, we look at some of their stuff and go like, Oh man, I actually watched that or I follow right. that person or whatever. And like, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, their stuff's awesome. There's no way. Like, I'm looking at the mid-sized streamer category, and I'm like, I ain't got no way I'm going to win that category. But, I mean, because that category is, like, stacked. But you It know, is. Every- I'm not going to lie. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but every one of those people is awesome. Every one of those people's earned it. And they all put on good shows, and they're all good presenters. And it's just like, that's cool. That, you know, to even be mentioned alongside them is already, to me, an achievement. And that's that's fantastic. It sounds cliche, but we really do both agree. It is just it is an honor just to be nominated. It really is. But the reason we have to bring this up is we're not at the home stretch yet. So we're at the phase where basically last second nominations can get in there. And I believe maybe at the end of the month, if my timeline is correct, there's still a couple of weeks that. At the end, the top six in each category will go on to the actual voting phase. So we're not out of the woods yet. I mean, we, we got mentioned, but we got to get the full-on nomination. I mean, do and we just start buying people gift bags and things? We're full, are we going full, full-on campaign here? Is that what's happening? Maybe I got to go like do something on Twitter, like, show me your screenshot where you voted for us. I'll send you an arena code. we <laughs> do. <laughs> Hey, we I'm have not, no shame. Dude, I am not above it. Because here's here's a bit for real. Like, seriously, if you go to the site, our boy Brian did not get nominated for writer or article. So you might want to go hook it up and go check out his articles over on cardsphere.com. Or, you know, just go put his name in for the writer. Maybe he gets into both categories. That's up to y'all. But yeah, go over, drop a link. Get our boy hooked up. Get him on one of these lists. See if we can get him get him a nomination. Get him to the voting phase. Because, you know, it'd be cool. Color of Magic does a little cleanup, and we get four or five things. <laughs> that, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not going to say that wouldn't be cool. I'd be walking around like Kurt Angle. Like, hey, somebody says something. Where oh, are your medals? I'll, I'll be like Jericho beating Rock and Austin in one night, and y'all wouldn't hear the <laughs> end of it. For real. Right. I'd bring that up every opportunity. How, how many how many years did you clean sweep some awards? I I want to hear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, so like, so yeah, go over, give Brighton some love for best MTG writer, best MTG article. If you liked a particular one of my videos or one of Brian's videos where we were crushing it, go ahead, get us into the best video category. I don't know. If, I don't know if I qualify for like. I have some good ones where I went off on some issues, but I don't know if that's, that makes it to that category. But hey, if y'all think so, go for it. But for best podcast, small category, or small audience, absolutely go over there, give us a nomination, help us out. We definitely want to get to the voting level at this. That would be great. Uh, same thing for medium audience podcaster, medium audience streamer. If you can go give me a little bit of love, I would super appreciate it because honestly, those two categories are going to be very difficult. Like I have no clue who the final six are going to be in either one of those. Like I, and I'm not even joking. Like if I don't win, 
it would be sad, but like if I could at least get to the final six in that category, I'd already consider that a big win right. from just doing content really full time for the last year. That would be huge, you know, considering literally, I mean, some of the Goliaths, you know, that are that are in this category for sure. So yeah, if you can go do that, that would be a huge, huge leg up to help me out for sure. Because I'm going through, and like I said, in in the best medium audience streamer category, man, it's all hitters. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you, you see, he said nothing, as my kids always say, no cap. <laughs> yep, I mean, it is it is all hitters. I'm just like, man, I I looked at that, and I'm for real, like, even of the, I follow and watch some of those people, and I'm like, I don't even know who I'd make the final six. So. I'm definitely going like, to be. You, you're not sure you would vote for yourself in that category. That's for real. I'm, just, I'm being honest, though. Like, I don't know. So I'm like, hey, I definitely need every listener to go over, hop over to mtgcca.com and go put in a vote for me because I don't know how I'm going to get there otherwise. Like, I need those last couple of nominations. Same thing in the uh, Medium Audience YouTube channel. You know, that's another good group of people. And there's some people in that category that, you know, we're friends of the channel with one more mana. You know, like, Titan right. Smash MTG, he's in that category, right? There's some people we like. Some of them, some many of the nominees have been on the show. So yeah, so I mean, these are all good folks. So, I mean, this this is a real competition to like. Next time they're on the show, it, it could be awkward. <laughs> well, that's true. It could be a little tough, but like this is for real. Like people that we see as like true peers and people we look up to in the community. So like. We know we need help to get those nominations for real. I and mean, it's this, not about the in this case. It's not about the the, the host so much it is, as it is the message. We were both yeah. shocked that nobody was doing a show like this, so we said you know, somebody has to. And I and I guess it's going to be us. And and being real, and this isn't until it's like you know, but with the content and what we do, like there's not a ton. Well, there's all very few black people. And not a ton of people of color even in some of these categories being nominated. So, hey, if you can go over, give us some love. You at least keep representation alive, you know, in some of these categories, which would be nice. But, yeah, it's a really cool thing, you know. And then seeing that my name actually came up in Content Creator of the Year, which, again, that category stacked. I mean, when you're talking about Talia Vess, Covert Go Blue, you know, SBMTG, the Brainstorm Brewery podcast, like that, it's... That's another stacked group. And I don't like I'm in there with like MTG Goldfish. Like I'm like, I don't know. There's no way, right? Like, but hey, like this is why we're calling on y'all. Like, we are literally having to go up against some Titans. <laughs> there are upsets. You know, sometimes Crash wins best picture and everybody goes, What? What just happened? That's true. <laughs> that, that did happen. But yeah, like it's gonna take a lot of work from our community to really like. If there is a time for you to support us and to come out, please pause the show. <laughs> go over to mtgcca.com and go nominate us in every category that we're eligible. You know, find a way to get us in there. Get your get us your nomination because it really, truly matters a ton. I mean, because that's the only way this is going to happen. And I would love, I would love if our show got nominated for best new content. I mean, I think that would just be amazing there's but no yeah. curse the best new artist award for this one is there right you get like Billy Vanilli, you win best new artist and then it all just goes to hell 
No, there's no curses. Everybody who's, who's done well is still doing okay. So it ain't. It, I would say the Madden curse. The Madden curse was just crap. Like we found out that wasn't really a curse. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, mtgcca.com. Go over, check that out. Give your boys some love. And hopefully here in a couple months, we'll be able to talk about being in the top six of a couple of categories. And uh, y'all can get your votes in for us. Because we can't do this one for sure without you. Okay, over the weekend, we also had some, uh, well, well, let's just say, let's talk about this in general, though, about like pro play and esports as a whole. Because one of the things that happened, which for some reason, magically, for being as smart as the magic community is, it's like everybody just forgot that there, at some point people were going to get relegated out of some of these leagues. Which I'm pretty sure on this show, we use the term magic hunger games are coming and we're down for it. We did. So we knew when somebody described it, like, it's like the Hunger Games. Like, yeah, that's like every sport. Like, everybody I mean, doesn't I, get to go to the playoffs, except in, I think, the NHL. But for most sports, everybody <laughs> doesn't go. That's true. But, but that's the thing, right? We knew at some point people were going to underperform and they were going to risk not being in those leagues anymore. And people are like, ah, but some people are going to lose their livelihood and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, some people will be financially affected. That's and it's kind of how pro gaming works. Yeah, and I will admit, in other games, a lot of times it's more about a team ended up not making it more than an individual ended up not making it. You know, there's some individual team contracts and whatever, and that's that's just different sports have different layouts, right? But in this instance, now I will say, for Magic specifically, I was thinking about this. Right? We could have some type of system where maybe... Throughout the year, we have a challenger's pool. So every time you qualify for like a mythic invitational qualifier, that's a couple points. And I don't know, you do well in one of the big events, that's a couple points. Or, whatever. or maybe you win the VML, that's worth some points or whatever, right? So you can earn a spot into, at least into the gauntlet for the Rivals League. But what would be cool then and say like, okay, everybody in that pool, even if you don't get into the Rivals League, for the next year, you're qualified at least for all the major tournaments. You don't get the guaranteed contracts like the MPL and the Rivals or Rivals folks will get. But you're at least qualified so you can earn points to try to eventually get your foot in the door. And then if the people get relegated out of Rivals, we can go ahead and have them fall into this pool, the top tier challengers pool. And then if they don't do it in a year, you don't get back in. Then it's like, okay, well, that's just on you. Right, because then you've had two bad years back to back, and okay, you just don't, you haven't earned the right to be in there. Like at some point, somebody's going to have to be left out. Like we can't, because here's the thing, right? You can't have a system. Because the big complaint for a while was, we need more ways for people to be able to make a living being a top tier player and not have to know if they're going to get paid year after year, blah blah blah, whatever. So we've created a system where you have top talent that makes seventy thousand a year plus other bonuses and pay from their winnings and all that. But they're guaranteed that contract as long as they stay within the league. And then you get like, I don't know, like half that or something being in the rivals league, but it's still guaranteed money. But you can't just have a system where once everybody's in, they're just in and the system gets bigger and bigger and bigger and everybody's getting paid. And it's like, it's just, it's just not feasible. And also, what's the point? Because eventually, like, it ends up being a league of not the best players. 
because that's really what you want your top level thing to be is the top players and the top teams, right? Like, what's the point if it's not? But that aside, like, yeah, it, it's tough. Like, some people are going to get relegated and miss out. Now, I will say the thread that the Wizards social feed put out was a bit weird. Because they put, like, basically, here's all the people who got relegated. Hey, it was fun having you in the league. Whatever. It, face it, like, you know what that was? It was like when you watch the Oscars and you get that, like, in in memory or whatever they call it, where they show wow. how it's sort of what it felt like. It was that thing in memorandum or whatever they called it. Because you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Where yeah, people that died from the last really year. Really obvious, and then that's awkward. Yeah, and that was exactly it, right? Because then it was like, oh well, they with one of the the women, they ended up using something from a, a Twitter quote instead of like her actual accomplishments. So then that created some fuss, and it was just. Like, they just opened the door for too many things that just didn't even need to be discussed, honestly. Though, I do also feel like there would be some people who would then say, like, well, Wizards didn't even recognize these people. They just kicked them out with no fanfare. You know, that would have been the other half of it. So, I mean, yeah. But I think the tactic they took was just not good. I mean, because I think they very well could have just made a post that said, hey, you know, for all the people that got relegated this weekend, like, it was fun working with you. It was nice having you here. Y'all battled hard. Hopefully we see you next year back in the league, you know, that sort of thing. And that would have probably been fine. You didn't have to call anybody out. You didn't have to share their pictures. You know, I, I think that would have been sufficient just to say, hey, we acknowledge this is hard on some people. You know, we want you to know we appreciated you being here. That would have been good enough, I think. And since Wizards has the license, they could have been like, hey, you know, Ash Ketchum will be back next. Or do they have? I, I, no, know, they I don't. Never mind. They can't put Ash Ketchum in. Okay, never mind. But you know what they could have done too, though, is maybe even like I don't know, put together a a, a farewell gift bag, gift pack. Like, I know it sucks, but hey, here's some cool rare things that right. you know, maybe you could sell them, do whatever you want. At least get you another, you know, get you a small bag for the next year, nope. <laughs> or while you're getting some back. Judge Hills. <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is, just a little something, something to like get you, make hold you over for a month or two while you're you're trying to resituate to non pro level life. You know that would have been fine too. Because believe me, I know for a fact. I, I I think I still know where in the building some of that stuff lives. So is there stuff there they could send you? Let me tell you. And that would be cool just to have a little send off kit. You know, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. Like a couple of rare cards, maybe a box or two of the latest set. Yeah, I don't know, like a, a a backpack or something or whatever. You know, a couple of cool items. Just to say, like, hey, it sucks. We know this is hard. We don't want you to think we're just, I don't know, kicking you out the house, sending you down the road on your 18th birthday or whatever. Like, here's a little bit of something to help you out. I think that would be good. But as far as everybody complaining about just the process of relegation or whatever, like, I I don't see the problem. Like, I really don't. I mean, I, I told people from the beginning, like I, I've said it on the show, I'd love to have a shot at it. And if I didn't make it, I didn't make it. But I also feel like on some level, and this isn't everybody, but I feel like these are people that have not been through the trials and tribulations of competitive sports. Because like, I, I know just like, you know, when you're trying to be a track athlete, you don't do well in two or three meets, you don't get paid. And these are people that are training all the time, paying for supplements, paying for private trainers, special equipment, 
you know, going through shoes like a madman. You know, and if you ain't masking agents in some cases, yeah, (laughs) the drugs that you're using the masking agent side. Yeah, but hell, I'm talking about like even even like you know trying to get sponsors and what you're doing all this full time while still trying to travel the country, if not the world, to be in all these big events to try to get paid. And if you don't make it, well, that's it. You know, there's there's people now. Granted, the money is obviously larger. When you do well in some, and the sponsorship deals are bigger. So when you're talking about, say, like a full-on like team sport pro athlete, you know, so like right now, who is it? Uh, what's his name? The the quarterback for the Jets. He had a big old contract with his lauded rookie or whatever a few years ago. That dude, well, one, he ain't going to have a starting job next year, and he almost may not have a job. Sam Darnold, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, that just happens. Like somebody's gonna be coming for your spot. Like when you when you are the top, when you're the king, somebody's coming for you. Always. Now we have some legends of the game and magic that have been around for a while and they ain't giving up that that throne. I mean, you still got your LSVs, your Apollos, your Raphael Levies, you know, like they're they're still killing it. So you you still got to go take it from them. <laughs> but they know that people are coming for their spot. And if they're naturally better or they're spending more time preparing or whatever, then they're earning it. Now, I will, I will say this, though. There is a legit issue here. That with there not being a group or a system below the absolute pro level, and I'm talking rivals up, you don't have a thing in place to encourage people to build networks and systems. And the reason that's important is that where you do need that representation, it's harder for people to build those networks when they step into that field and to be able to compete on the same level as those people. Cause a lot of those folks have built those relationships. Now they have discord groups where they work together. They travel and get together at people's houses to spend a weekend working on stuff or whatever. Right. If you're in one of those outside groups or, you know, you're not part of those that culture already, it can be hard to break in. So though you do make rivals or MPL or whatever, like it's going to be much harder for you to stay in there than some of the other people. And that that's a tough reality. So I do think that could be one of the benefits of having something just below that tier, which, by the way, I have some ideas and I'm debating mm-hmm. doing a YouTube video on it. So if you're interested, let me know. Uh, whether you come by the Discord or you send us a message over on Twitter, I'm being absolutely serious. If you're interested, let me know because I have some ideas that obviously will get me blown up or whatever, but it's fine. Like I think it would be fun discussion to talk about how we can. You said you were going to be the bad guy. So. Oh, I am, and we're not even there yet. I got I got some more bad guy stuff to put out there, but yeah, Phil has turned a full heel. Yeah, so I do know Wizards. I do agree that they the way they handled it was poorly, but. And I do think the system outside of the pro level needs some work. But as far as the way it's set up right now, from a fairness standpoint, it seems pretty fair. I do have a concern, though, that we are going to lose a lot of the representation at the end of the season. Because, you know, you had Jess, who was a really good player for legal reasons. She had to kind of give up her spot, you know, because of immigration and whatnot. You had Emma, who got hired 
by Wizards. That took her out of the pool. Which and awesome then, for Emma, but oh, yeah, know, yeah. It, it absolutely does hurt the representation. You're correct. Oh, and even the same thing for Jess. Like Jess got getting to be with her man and you know, live the life she wants. So like, hey, great. You know, no, no hate at all. It just sucks to see those women or non-males in general just move removed from the pool and you know, kind of be back to a largely white male dominated grouping. Yeah, and I think that's that's the tough part. So hopefully when we get around to doing the other round of invites and we get we maybe we can get a couple people into the rivals pool again and see what happens, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how all of that shakes out. And man, I gotta just express some disappointment. This was another thing that almost made my my soapbox rant. But to see how little money Our Heroes Rock got over on Kickstarter, I was super disappointed. They only got a little over $130,000. For a cool concept of a show to educate people about black history in a super fun way. And I think the reason I was disappointed is I saw that and thought, for all the people that say, yes, we need more education. And yes, we need to do this. And yes, we need to talk about the issues and blah, blah, blah. Where were they? Didn't even want to pony up 10 bucks. For a thing that they were trying to get heavily produced, broadcast, put out to the world. But you're like, nah, I don't know. Not that interested. Now, if you can get something, and we're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, when you're getting something for it, like, cool, yeah. But when you're asking them to do something, no, don't be wrong. They were still sending you, like, T-shirts and special items or whatever. Like, you were still getting something. But ultimately, it sort of feels like, well, when I wasn't getting something I thought was direct value, eh, it's not that big a deal. Because so I'll admit, like, I went back to Coyote and Crow Knowing I may never even play that game. I did it just to support the community. Same thing with Our Heroes Rocks. Like, I don't know. Like, I hope the show gets made and I'll get to see it or whatever. But, like, tossing them a few dollars was still worth it for the cause. With, with Big E's involvement, I just pretty much assumed they would hit the number. And see, and, and that's the other thing, right? That's it. And I'll be honest, like, that's who I felt most bad for. Because everything I've seen about Big E... Is just like he is the most genuine guy. Like he genuinely cares about people. He genuinely tries to lift people up. Like I like not a single person I've known professionally, casually, anybody at shows, any of the wrestlers, like nobody has even a small nitpicky thing to say about Big E. And the crazy like matter of fact. This is how selfless Big E is. Like, for those of you who don't know, for WrestleMania, it's a big deal for the wrestlers to do special tights, like to represent something cool from their history or something that they're fans of. And you'll see people do stuff that, like, calls back to, like, like the, the New Day did something to call back to the last year's WrestleMania that got canceled or whatever. So those were kind of funny. Uh, we I think Rhea Ripley, like, two years ago, did, like, a Super Saiyan armor-style outfit. 
Like, so lots of cool stuff. You know what Big E did this year? He did his in the colors and had the logo of the local Tampa Bay Food Bank that he went and helped out and donated money for. So they would get recognition being on the biggest stage. That's awesome. Like that, that's why I feel bad for a dude like that. I'm like, these are the people backing this project. This is somebody who believes in this stuff and what he's doing and trying to lift people up. Like, and that dude couldn't get support. And just, you know, for, for, for people that don't follow wrestling, I'm sure you all know, even if you don't watch wrestling, the wrestlers have some kind of character that, that, that they got to try to get. That they gave the New Day, basically, crap in a sack. <laughs> and they made it to be the most, probably the most popular people or some of those popular people on the entire show. Oh, no doubt. Like, they basically said, look, we want y'all to go out there and play really effed up Southern Baptist preachers. Yes. And go get all it the was, cheap heat and you know whatever. It was bad. And in three years, they were able to turn that around to start building up. And at one point, they were the highest selling merchandise. Multiple items were the highest selling merchandise items in the WWE shop for like two and a half years. Like these dudes understand people. No lie. One, they mentioned on their podcast one of the names that was being kicked around for their groups to get a probably Southern Baptist preacher type was the Amen. Mm-hmm. That's WWE creative at work. To be honest, that is kind of funny, but yeah, it's a crappy <laughs> name. It's a crappy name. It really is. Yeah. But really, and that's what I said, when I see a dude like that, and then I saw him on WrestleMania, you know, just like the week after that close, or, you know, a few days after, I kind of just went, man, I just feel bad for this dude. Like, this is a guy, he could have worn anything you want, showed anything you want, give tribute to anything, talk about anything fun. Right. And he chose to have custom gear made to celebrate and promote the local food bank. Like, who does that? People wait forever to get to WrestleMania every year and, like, show off something that they can market or whatever. Yep. And that's what he chose to do. And that's what hurts. I just, I just want to believe somebody's going to step in and help this get done. I hope so, too. Because, like I said, it sucks when you see people that are that genuine with that true of a cause behind them and they can't get the support. Right? That just sucks. Like, it really does. Especially when I see people out there that already are questionable of character as people and then their contents and things are kind of like pulling from questionable subject matter or whatever. And, like, those things get $500,000. And it's just like, ugh. you know, it comes back to that thing. We talk about other people's, like, YouTube stuff or whatever. It's like you see somebody who can't even get themselves together to be presentable. And they're out there getting, you know, 50,000 views. And I'm trying to get everything right, looking right. Got my hair brushed, got, you know, clean shirt, unwrinkled on or whatever. And then I have people comment and taking shots at me because I'm wearing either, like, a black panther shirt or the character not the militia group you know a black panther shirt or or a hell i don't know just a random team jersey or something you know and it's like really like this is where we're at that's the stuff that that hurts you inside because it makes you wonder like what do you have to do how much positivity do you have to put out there how selfless do you have to be how much a person of service do you have to be to finally get people to say, okay, I'll get on board with this. And it sucks, because I don't know what that answer is. 
The bad news train kept rolling this week, though. Because <laughs> oh, streamer yeah. early access got canceled. And we don't need <laughs> we don't need for strict haven. Nope, it's canceled going forward. And let me say this. And here's where the bad guy stuff for me starts. Uh-oh. I don't even think it's that bad. I mean, y'all, y'all are going to just have to come at me. Cue the Razor Ramon music to cause me at the real. bad guy. Like, don't mess with the bad guy. No, um, seriously, though, like, here's the thing. I, I will say this. If they were, like, because we have to know, right? If you, you were even thinking about canceling it, you got to set a drop dead date that's seven to ten days out. Like, the fact that I effectively found out at about 11 o'clock the night before, well, two nights before, you know, we'll call it 30 hours-ish before the event was going to happen. That's pretty terrible. So in that regard, from a communication standpoint, yeah, it, it sucks. And isn't that about the third or fourth set in a row or up until a, a day or two before you didn't know when or if it was happening? Yeah, you at least didn't have your, like, we knew it was happening, but you didn't have your credentials or anything until a couple of days before. So we already knew it was just beginning, getting cumbersome. And so I'm like, again, like the, the actual fact that it's ended doesn't bother me. How it ended did. Because again, for me, it sucks because I did schedule my content around it. So what I would normally do is like, okay, cool. Well, Wednesday I would be playing. I have all these decks I put up on the YouTube channel leading up to it. And then I would use some portion of that to make some videos for Thursday and Friday. Well, obviously I don't have that. So I had to scramble, make a couple of videos. So I had stuff for Wednesday, for Thursday. And then now I'll use Thursday's day one play to actually make my content going forward. Fine. But imagine if you were one of the content creators that maybe isn't full-time. And you've got kids at home that maybe you had to get a babysitter for so you can concentrate on, on playing for the day. Or you had to call, like you have a full-time day job, right? You had to use some vacation time to clear the day off so you can stay at home and stream. Well, now those people wasted some money, wasted vacation days, whatever it is, because they thought a thing was coming that's no longer coming. If they, if they're a variety streamer and somebody else had something they wanted that needed to be streamed at that time, they could have missed out on those deals. Yeah, that's a good point, too. They might have passed up on other content because they were like, well, I'm going to be busy all day Wednesday doing this. Sorry. Because yeah. all the time I see things where, like, okay, we need you to stream this new game at such and such time for, you know, yeah, X amount of hours. So, so they missed a chance maybe to secure a bag somewhere else because they were going to clear time for Magic. And by the way, Wizards, I usually see those months in advance. <laughs> well, yeah, I normally see them at least a month out. So, so that's a little tough. So that that part, yeah, I have a problem with. But as far as the content, it's, uh, the the event itself going away, I ain't even that mad about it, really. Because here's the thing, and I asked people this the last couple of sets. I said, who is this really benefiting? Because at the end of the day, most of the people getting any benefit were just the largest of streamers anyway. And I would venture to guess that a large percentage of them are going to be playing on day one and they're going to get a lot of viewers on day one. But if you're some streamer that only gets five viewers or 10 viewers, you're not magically going to get 50 because it's streamer early access event. It's actually worse because you have 
everybody streaming the same thing on the same day. And nobody's going to scroll 15 to 30 rows to get to you when they can stop at 100, 200 other streamers before they get to you. But just not. Like, even for my stuff, I saw a small bump, maybe an extra 20 bodies to 30 bodies, maybe, for those streams over my regular ones. But it didn't particularly result in, like, a magical new number of subs or anything else. Hell, honestly, I was doing better with the last one I did over on, on YouTube than I did putting it all, all that time over on Twitch. So I don't even think... Other, other than people just getting a bone thrown their way, there really wasn't a benefit. And part of, part of this is when I started looking into it, I was like, okay, I have some downtime. Let me go look at some of these other people at the bottom. And let's be real. I'm going to say something, and this is for real going to make me the bad guy. I'm just going full in on it, and I'm just going to say it. Share a shot incoming. Yep. Not everybody deserves to be in the program. Some people's content and their efforts are lacking, and their stuff sucks. Like, let's just be real about it. Like, there were people who were basically doing the absolute bare minimum just to secure their ability to do the streaming early access stuff. There were people in the community for some unknown reason that wanted to raise hell about how come these people aren't allowed in and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, because some people don't deserve it and they haven't earned it. Because there are still people that are part, and, and I'm not going to throw anybody directly under the bus here, but there are still people who are part of the streamer content creator program, whatever they call it. That if you go look at their YouTube channels and you go look at their Twitch streams and you go look at their social media stuff, they're doing nothing to promote stuff. They're not even posting videos regularly. They don't have a regular streaming schedule. They haven't upgraded their stuff in six months. Like, what is the benefit to having them in the program? My God, King, these streamers have a family. (laughs) I'm just being real, though. Like, let's just be honest about it. Like, they... Are not like, and don't get me wrong, I I get it. Some of them aren't full time streamers. They're not full time content creators. Totally understand. People have day jobs, they have families. I get it. But if you are not making better quality content and you are not increasing the quality of your content, what the hell is the benefit of a company to put you into their program? Like, even take it even a step further. What's the benefit? Hell, what's the motivation of somebody to be better if they're already getting the biggest carrot they can get? Like, they're getting that whether they do better or not. And they're like, what's what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm a company and I'm spending money and... Like, I and don't be wrong, I'm not saying these are even bad people. Some of them I like. Some of them follow some of my stuff. But their content is just flat out not good. Their presentation is not good. Hell, I've seen some of them that they've got. I know they're using high quality cameras and have an absolute garbage microphone. Can't even stand listening to them for more than five minutes. But they would be one of the first to complain if they got booted out of the program. So it doesn't surprise me that Wizards wants to try something else and start over. Because think about, and and it's not just a money play. 
Let's get that aside. Like, I, I, is money involved? Yes, because there is a non-zero amount of time that you have to spend on promotion and you have a whole team behind the scenes that are having to deal with a thousand questions for three or four days. And then the day of, you have a whole team that probably just sits there and answers questions and you have six or do seven. Do they have that? Oh, they do. Because even behind the scenes, you have a ton of people that are just sitting in the Discord answering questions the whole time. And then you have people from the dev team trying to take bug questions and tell people what's actually a bug and what's actually not a bug because some people reporting stuff that's actually working right, but they don't understand how magic works, right? So there's, it's it's a process to do this thing. And at the end of the day, if you're wizards, you have to look and say, well, what's our measurable benefit of this? This is why I've been questioning it for the last couple sets, for at least six months, probably nine months. And remember, we've talked about it before. You had people who were conceding on turn two and three. You know, because they got a bad draw or whatever. Or they're just playing some, you know, predatory dumb deck. Or they're not even playing new cards in their decks. They just booted up an old deck list and just hopped on just to try to get some cheap wins or whatever. Like, what's what's the benefit of those people doing those things? What's even coming out of the program at that point? Literally nothing. And, you know, even the people saying, well, they're probably killing it because Strixhaven sucks and they don't want people to see the cards suck before they go. That has nothing to do with anything. One, Strixhaven's just fine. Two, everybody's just, if you were concerned and you're deciding to buy something or not, you're just going to wait till day one and watch your top favorite two or three streamers do their thing and then you'll make your decision. So that's not the, the problem at all. That has nothing to do with anything. So anybody sharing that narrative just... I was about to say something violent. <laughs> like, just I was going to say, like, kick him in the teeth or something. You don't want to do that. I, but, I don't want to kick him because I, <laughs> I can be fair. My, my hype for this set is as low as it's been since we've been doing this. Yes, but that doesn't mean the set's necessarily bad. That's a whole different ballgame. Those are two completely different things. And honestly, I'd almost argue the set's probably going to have a bunch of good removal come out of it that's going to be played in multiple formats for years to come. Honestly. But really... I think it's more about the process and what comes out of that. Because really, at some point, they have to sit and look and say, okay, well, let's look at the, I don't know, probably some 500 people that are in the program or whatever. And so, okay, what are we getting out of this? And when you look and say like, oh, well, the last time this person streamed during early access, they got five people. The last video they posted about it, they got three views. Like, what is that doing for anyone? It's obviously not elevating the creator, and it's obviously not putting a positive light on Wizards' product. Especially if somebody stumbled around and somehow found those, because some number of people watched it. And the presentation didn't look good. The decks probably looked bad that those people were putting together. So, like, what's the benefit to either side? There isn't one. And I'm not saying just don't do anything. I do think a type of program should exist. But I think there should be some type of measurables to get in. Like, And that could be a bunch of different things. It could be just showing an increase in quality, showing an increase in viewer count or follower count or whatever. It could be, I don't know, a bunch of... Maybe you, you have shared a couple of serious good interviews that somebody at Wizards enjoyed or whatever, like whatever it is, right? But you're showing some quality of content. That could be a measurement. So it's not even just only the biggest streamers or biggest YouTube channels or whatever get in. I think there's multiple things it could be. I also think not tying it to stream elements or not tying it to Twitch 
could open up the doors as well. So if somebody wants to stream on YouTube or on Facebook or whatever, like those could qualify. I think you could have a position where two or three people on the magic social content just follows everybody in the program and it's their job to just find fun things shared by those people all day. So you're getting eyes on your creators. Maybe keep a rotating carousel constantly of all your creators. So when people come to the mothership, there's a spot right in the middle that's just like, hey, here's this person who does this thing you may want to check out. You know, 24 hours a day, there should be every hour rotate to a new content creator on the Twitch page for Magic or Wizards. Right? There's a bunch of things we could do that would be much better for the creators and much better for Wizards than the whole early access thing. We could maybe pay some of the creators? Can we do that? The biggest ones, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There would have to, like you said, there had to be, you know, qualifiers. But the 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 people that are bringing a de- demonstrable audience should be getting paid. Yeah, if you if you want to like work with a specific creator and say, okay, we need you to do this specific type of video or share this specific thing on your stream or whatever, and you want to throw them hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, like cool, yeah, do it. I'm all for it. But for the people at the bottom, they're like, well. I got a preview card, but they didn't pay me for whatever. And I'm like, yo, dog, you're lucky you got a preview card because you got 100 subscribers over on YouTube. Like, we got we to gotta have realistic expectations. And don't get me wrong. Like, we have, to, and to this day, we still talk about, so hell, even with this, how they ended it. We're not giving Wizards a free pass. But as a community, we got to be realist, too. There's still business that has to be done. And the way things were set up was not handling business for anybody, for them or us. But I do think there's other things we could do that could be way more beneficial for both halves. And when people say like, oh, well, they took away the biggest EV thing. And I was like, what was the value? Show me the value that was beneficial to Wizards and show me the value that was beneficial to all these content creators. Because it's just not there. Now, there were a couple people. I saw somebody like CGB. He posted that like, to date, up to the 1st of uh, April, like his biggest day was the stream early access. And he got like 10% of his money to that point came from that day. Which is a reasonable stat. But I also don't know what that number is. And I don't expect him to tell us. But like, you know, 10% of a number could be a certain amount that is very large or medium. You know what I mean? So I don't know what it is. But he's also one of the top streamers. So when he gets on, yes, he will see a number of people who see his quality of content, like him, whatever, and subscribe more than they do to somebody like me. And that's understandable. That's just the way the game works. That has nothing to do with race or anything else. That's just literally bigger streamer, good content been doing it for a while like he's he's going to draw those views he's going to start with a larger audience he's going to be at the topper the top end higher end of the the rankings when you go looking for people to watch on early access day and i'd assume the same thing applies to caleb dmtg to mtg nerd girl to you know just go down the list of the big streamers right i think it's going to apply to all of them they probably make a lot of money on that day but my argument is if we change to a new program those people are still going to get paid on that day the other people are still not going to get views on that day. So currently, the way things stand, the only people getting the benefit were the people already doing well. 
It wasn't benefiting everybody else. And I think we just talk about it as just, oh, well, you're missing out and people don't get this awesome thing. Like people are only seeing it as the biggest thing because one, they're short-sighted. And two, it's just the biggest thing that's been thrown your way. But you know what? If every one of them could, if and here's the worst part about it. I would venture to guess that if you told a bunch of them like, hey, we can feature you on our, our Twitch channel. We can put you in a carousel on the homepage. Maybe even we could put you in a custom interview with like where we do big streamer, small streamer and, you know, answer 20 questions type thing or whatever. Or we can make sure you're part of the early access program. I bet a bunch of those people would still take the early access program stuff. Not even realizing that the benefit to them is so much smaller than what they get out of that other stuff. And I think that's the problem with content creation, largely in gaming, not even just magic. That too many people don't understand the long game. That's the problem. And I hope, I hope, crossing my fingers, that the people in charge now of the program coming in to shake it up, start something new, go a different direction. They, Because they said they don't want to break up the program. They're just ending the early access event. And they're trying to work on some other stuff. So I hope whatever comes out of it at least understands the long game a little bit better. Now, there was some good news this week. Kotaku actually shared an article talking about the whole... They titled it, I believe, Black is Magic, you know, and talking about why stuff's important. And it was very good article talking about representation and it was featuring yeah i believe it was michael uh wildspeakers uh, school group if i'm not mistaken but talking about how like you know even people just seeing you know the big shots at teferi and whatever got people to ask questions and that alone started getting people interested and invested and them getting to see characters that look like them or whatever like really got these kids and these after school groups interested and now they play and these groups are burgeoning with people you know, and people are donating things to help them out. And it's just like, it's become a big thing. And, it, and I shared it just to say, like, for all the people that keep saying representation doesn't matter. You just don't know what you're talking about. You absolutely don't. And I would even take it a step further because honestly, I thought about this the other day because I got into a discussion because, you know, I, I give the original three Star Wars movies credit for being ahead of their time and technologically cool, whatever, but not being... If you really break it down, they're not great movies. They're just not. And I know people are going to hate me for it, but they're not. Let's be real. The acting's mediocre. The scripting's pretty bad. Hell, they didn't. Even, they made it up as they went along. We ended up having a situation where Luke kissed his sister because they didn't have that squared away. All right, let's be honest. But I thought about it and said, is part of my disconnect from those movies that there is no representation? I mean, don't be wrong. You got Lando. <laughs> yeah, Lando's incredible. But but he's like the one. You know what I mean? He's literally the token in that movie, yeah. in that series. And then there wasn't even, like, we added a bunch of representation when we did the middle three. Like, we got Samuel Jackson for a sword fight. You know, but, I said, but maybe that's part of it, too. Because when you look at the new movies... There are a lot of minorities that like some of these more than they like the old ones. And there's a bunch of women who like the and and I can't count the number of dudes I talked to who have daughters who were finally excited about Star Wars because Ray existed. Yeah. 
Hell, they couldn't keep Ray toys on the shelf for months. Right. They were coming in and selling out. So when people are trying to say, like, ah, it doesn't matter. I don't know why you're putting a woman Jedi. I don't know why you're trying to have a, a black stormtrooper. I don't know what it's like. Somebody cares. And you can't say they don't because, like I said, the merchandise sales and the movie buys and everything else, like, say otherwise. Like, just because you don't get it doesn't mean a bunch of other people don't get it either. And I think this applies here when you're saying, like, I get it. Like, you may not recognize that this stuff matters. But when you can see a literal and multiples at this point, not even one, but a whole after school group start getting in in an area where it's largely minorities when they didn't interact with the game. And several of them say specifically because they saw an image of Kaya or they saw an image of Teferi or they read a story about one of the characters. And it's like, if that's what the hook was to get them interested, and they're saying specifically that that's what it is, how are you going to sit here and say that doesn't matter? All the people that came to my channel and numerous other black content creators channels to tell us that, you know, they, it didn't make any sense that Zombie Kills and Naysaga got PlayStation 5s. They're still making videos about it. So apparently it matters a little bit. I mean, other people are still <laughs> talking about how the, the, these women didn't deserve this. And maybe, maybe three other people that reviewed the PlayStation 5. You can't because you're not still talking about it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that them even getting a PlayStation was something to even discuss tells you how few women there are. Right. And how few oh, women, and women of, of color. color. And women of color for that matter. Right. That's the that's the thing. Like if people took a step back and went like, well, we're only having this discussion because it doesn't exist. Like if we get to a world where there are just characters of color through all the magic worlds and the magic content and whatever, and then like, cool, it becomes the norm. And then we don't have this conversation anymore. But we're way, <laughs> way far away from that. Oh, yeah, we definitely still have a ways to go. I'm not saying we're we're there, but. It's just that whole thing. Same thing when it comes to women in gaming or anything else. It's like, it's a discussion because there just aren't very many. And definitely aren't ones that are be, being treated well. And just like, man, it, it's... And that's why every time I see these type of stories or I see these type of efforts, I actively make it a point to share them. Just so people see. When I say, like, look, when we say representation matters, here's why. Like, when you wonder why things matter more to you than other people or don't matter to you and matter to other people or how different people can be attached to different properties or stories or whatever, it's like, here's why. And we've said it before. Like, I it, it's pro I don't even know how to describe it because if you, if you don't, if you haven't been there, it's going to be so hard to relate. And it's like we talk about on the show. There's things that happen to women that we won't be able to understand because we are not women. Right. But to try to explain to somebody that imagine every fantasy thing you grew up watching, myself included. We're talking about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Willow. Final you know, Fantasy, if you include yeah, video the, games. I mean, any, any of the Jim Henson stuff, whatever, right? Like all this stuff. There weren't black people. There just weren't. There weren't people that look like you. Like, imagine that. Imagine, and, and and maybe the only thing I can say is imagine 
or think about if you're a white person about how it felt when you saw the Black Panther and the cast was predominantly black. Right? Imagine if every show was like that for you. If every show was Family Matters or Good Times or I don't know, one of the Wayans Brothers shows or whatever, right? That would oh God, be if it was the Wayans Brothers show, then yeah. It'd be, it'd well, be, I, I'm black and I don't want that. I'm sorry, there wasn't a bunch, I, but brain skipped. I was trying to think of something. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I <laughs> but it's that, that's my point though, right? Like if, if every show looked like that to you, you would start feeling like things don't relate to you or you don't really care or they don't, they're making jokes that don't make sense to you or references that don't play out a way that makes sense to you because they're not you. They don't look like you. They don't talk like you. They don't have your lived experiences, like none of those things. And that's kind of the same issue here when we're talking about our gaming and when we're talking about our, our fantasy culture and whatever that's why you need more of those. Like I keep saying like like as big as Black Panther was, I am waiting somewhere I have to believe there is a producer right now making a largely predominantly black casted fantasy movie. Cuz I feel like that thing that thing would slap hard. Or like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, they could be making another Medea cuz a lot of people consider those to be the same thing, just a black movie. Twelve Years a Slave, Black Panther, Medea, all technically the same movie, as far as some people are concerned. Yeah, and those three movies can't be more different, honestly. So yeah, so it's tough, but yeah, but it, the article is worth reading. Just do a search on Kotaku Black is Magic. Very cool uh, highlights. A really good person, really good program, and like I said, it's just a way to kind of reinforce that hey. These programs, these after-school groups are one of the few ways they've been able to grow the game and get kids interested, especially in these underprivileged communities, underrepresented communities. And it's largely because of the representation and getting to see people like them involved. Now, time for us to clear some space and get to the dinner table. And this is, man, I don't even know how we want to attack this part of the conversation for though okay let me at least tell you about the show for those of you that don't know there's a show called them hashtag them on amazon and i bring it up because every person i know every black person i know that has watched it or commented on it or has a blog talking about it or whatever has not had positive reviews of this show. And it, one, okay, let me say this first off. The fact that we had a really creative black producer put together a couple of shows when you're talking about uh, Peel. And one of them recently was titled Us. And then like six months later, you get a show titled Them. That already doesn't feel great. But this show really pushes into a category that we're all kind of starting to call black trauma horror. And I don't really know 
it's hard to even I don't even know the best way to talk about this, really. Because it's basically a show. And there's been a couple of others I've seen like discussed or a couple of movies talked about, but this is the one that it's a show and it's got 10 episodes. But it's literally just awful things happening to these black characters. And some of them are really bad, like trauma from people like lynch mobs and like, like you name it. Going deep on the racist stuff and, you know, mistreated in their families and at work and blah, 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 all this. Like, it's literally just talking about all these traumatic issues. But there's no purpose. It's not like when you watch Get Out and there's a lot of like the racial undertones and there's like little quirks here and there kind of creatively talking about without saying it, showing like different elements of society and you know, there's a lot of innuendo and like, okay, there's some creativity being done there. But this is just point blank. Just let's show all the traumatic, violent things that these people deal with. And there's no story of retribution. There's no story of punishment. There's no story of achievement. It's like, why does this even exist? Well, Hollywood, you know, is full of imitators. It's just when a movie such as us, or, you know, get out when it becomes a hit, they green light 10 more of them. Look how many superhero movies we have. But even, and unfortunately, even if... everybody is not going to be as good at it as Jordan Peele is in the same way that everybody that does slasher films is not as good at it as John Carpenter is. Sure. But even even if you like look at Get Out, though, there's still the like he the spoiler if you hadn't seen it in the last like three years, but like he still he gets captured and there's the whole thing where he has to like try to outsmart the thing to get out and not get like brainwashed or whatever and then he has to get out the house and he's like trying to take out the bad guy like so there's still a story and there's still like he's overcoming all these things and you know and even if he would have lost at least it was still like creatively getting there and us was even just like a deeper true kind of psychological horror thing you know which I won't give that away because I think it's still kind of a new movie. People may not have seen that yet. But and there's so many things. Like even every time I think I, I caught everything, I go and, and, and look at somebody else's, you know, interpretation of it and like, oh wow, I didn't see that. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? There's layers to all this. And it's not even but, just the trauma of the people. It's like when trauma is brought up and when negativity in history is brought up, it's an element of the story to get you to the finish line. But the show like them, from everything I've been able to see, and I haven't watched the whole series, and I don't know if I'm going to, honestly. It's literally just, like, some of it I relate to, sadly. But it's like, it's 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 almost like PTSD-level stuff. And it's just violence and trauma for black folks. That's it. There's And I did follow one person who at least watched it to the end. So I know roughly kind of the finish to it. And there, there's no upside. I don't even know if I would call the finish a finish other than just saying like, and then it ends. You know, like, it's like, what are we even doing? Like, it's, you're basically taking black trauma and putting it on display to be some type of, I don't know, like spectacle. But what's the point? Like, you're not, you're not doing it in a documentary style way to educate anybody on anything. You're not doing it in a way that's creative. You're not 
like I said, telling a story of achievements. So like what, what I, it's such a weird thing to even exist. And it's sad that it's becoming a thing. And, and I don't want to say that like, and I, I believe the creator is actually black. I don't know about the producer, but, or director for that matter. But it makes me wonder, like, is this the type of thing you have to do to get, I guess, largely black cast, highly rated or approved these days? Because, you know, when we go all the way back, like I said, there was a thing with with Eddie Murphy in our senior hall saying, even for a movie like Coming to America, they were told they had to have at least one white person in the movie. Yeah. And that was and all the way back in what, 88? <laughs> and already at that time, Eddie Murphy was a huge star. For So the studio to dictate to him who got to be in his movie was already, for example, no, nobody tells Tom Cruise, you know, who's going to get cast in this movie. Yeah. And and remember when even when Black Panther was coming out, there were still people questioning how well it was going to do, and they were trying to like move weekends around to put it on the best absolute possible weekend and give it the biggest shot to succeed or whatever. And it's still, I think, like the third or fourth highest grossing Marvel yeah. movie, obviously behind the two like big Avengers movies and one other one, I think. So it's like you don't have to do this like really twisted, pointless stuff. To get people to watch a black cast. Hell, even as weird as the story was, there's a bunch of black people that celebrated Lovecraft Country. And that was weird. You also got, you got to remember, it's like, when you, when them or almost anybody else that does a TV show or movie finishes rolling, they think they've done a great job. They're like, yeah, print, edit, this is incredible, you know. I will say this, though. Fans did come out to support some black people this last year because, man, when they tried to get rid of Orlando Jones as Mr. Nancy. Yeah. Over in uh, American uh, Gods. Yeah, American Gods. Like, oh, people. Uh, no, that show ended up not. It was going to come back and they ended up canceling it. Yeah. I saw that a couple weeks ago. So there is some love and support out there from fans and viewers, but it is just weird to see like this being a trend of just it's very, very rarely does I think anybody finish a movie or a TV show and no, they've got garbage except in cases when it's a sci-fi movie, you know, and it's obvious that sci-fi channel spent no money on this. You know, but yeah, yeah. Amazon, I'm sure when they finish this, you know, thought that they, this is going to be a hit. It may still be because we don't, you know, we really don't get to see their quote unquote ratings. So Yeah. Like I don't know, man. It's enough that I don't even think I'll finish it. I can't I'm not gonna like especially now that I know there's no cause that my first thought was literally like, how where is this even going? Like what are we gonna do with this? And then now seeing that there's literally just like there's no point. It's literally a pointless series. Like I don't I don't even know what to do with that information now. And like I said, the difference when you're talking about something like us, it's a creative horror movie where the characters happen to be black. You know, something like Get Out is being there's a just a ton of metaphors for life and society and whatever put throughout the entire movie. So it's like and and that's another movie. If you go back and watch that, 
Oh, you yeah. pick up on a lot of subtleties to that movie. I thought was very cool. Like the biggest one I've had to point out for people is like, there's some irony when he's sitting in that chair and he's, you know, they're giving him the brainwash video or whatever. And he's yeah. trying not to let it get to him. And he literally picks cotton out of the chair yeah, and clogs his ears with it. So he's saved by cotton that he picked. You know what I right. mean? Like, even something that subtle. I'm like, Man, I don't think people even get all the stuff. He's doing layers upon layers in this movie. You know. But I, I think There's it's a guy I'd vote for Obama for a third term if I could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's that type of stuff though, that I think that's what makes it creative. That like you if you're going to that level, now you're not just saying, like, hey, we're trying to do these things to black people or black characters or whatever. You're taking all these narratives of society and making a creative movie. So, I don't know. But anyway, one of those things, I just thought I'd bring it up because it's a weird, weird category to have kind of popping up, especially after all the stuff that's happened in the last year or two. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's weird, man. It just, it just, it feels uncomfortable watching something like that. I mean, I, I just hope that now that it's getting enough bad press everywhere that we just don't see too many more of these shows or movies popping up because I just don't can't imagine what good is coming out of it. But anyway, Brian, we're kind of way over time. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you when you're not doing this wonderful show? All right. I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Our family channel is Alan's Ever After on YouTube. And you can find me at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. Most of the time you find me streaming on Facebook Gaming or on Twitch, but you can also find my YouTube channel where I put up stuff every single day. And as always, you know I gotta tell you, at least for a little bit longer, while dudes like me are still trying to get vaccinated, remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, stay away from other humans that are icky with the COVID so we can get back to gaming and gathering sooner rather than later. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 